Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments in fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. What should be the important criteria or qualities to be a genuine and proper minister of the gospel of the New Testament? We all might have our own ideas and thoughts about what are the most important qualities, but the Bible devotes several chapters to the subject in the book of 2 Corinthians. And it's there that we see several items that we likely would never have even considered. First, the ministers must be those that are constituted with the life-giving and transforming spirit. That's chapter 3. This means that they're full of Christ and therefore able to minister this very Christ into people. Second, as we'll see today in chapter 4, they are those that conduct themselves in such a way that the glory of the gospel of Christ might shine through them and out from within them. In other words, Their goal should not be just to preach the gospel, but to allow the gospel in its glory to be shined out through them for others to see. Oh, how we Christians today need such healthy, heavenly ministers. Francis Paul has joined us. Francis, you're rather shiny today. Maybe you fit this uh, category yourself. It's good to have you on the program. Well, it's good to be on the program. I think we have to just look to the Lord how much shining there would be. This is an interesting concept, Francis, that the gospel is not something just uh, preached and heard, but in a sense it's seen, isn't it, because of this uh, quality of shining. It's seen with these uh, spiritual eyes that all believers are really equipped with. We need to be able to shine forth the glory of the gospel. It is a gospel of glory, and for it to be really uh, received by people, it needs to come not only out of preaching words and doctrines, but out of a shining person. So it would do the Lord that we could all be these kind of shining ones that just uh, shine out the gospel of the glory of Christ. I gave a word of personal testimony some weeks or months ago, I guess it's been now, about even how I received the Lord. And I can't remember if you were on the program that day or not, but uh, I was affected so much by a very elderly sister who was shiny. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like her face was uh, you know, affected by a a natural light being shined on it, but something was just coming out from her. And the only way I could describe it to my friend who brought me to this meeting was she was so shiny and it was so appealing and so attractive. As ones who were involved in the ministry, we all realize that our conduct is important so as not to damage a kind of a testimony that might be uh, a hindrance 
to others who were contemplating receiving the gospel. But the conduct that we're going to see today that the Apostle Paul talks about in these verses in chapter 4 is a conduct not so much just oriented on good behavior for the sake of good behavior, but he was conducting himself so that this shining would have right. a free way to come through him. And that's really the uh, the key point, isn't it? That's right. And Paul was such a person. Of course, we never met him, but when you read his epistles and you see beyond the epistle are the words there to see the person himself, you can see and realize that Paul was a person shining out the glory of Christ. So the gospel to him was not just a a commission that he had, nor was it just a, a message he was to give, but he was to be a shining out of a person. Because the gospel is really Christ himself. That's right. And if we have been open to Christ and he shined into our hearts, then he'll shine out, and this will be our preaching of the gospel. Let's look at a few of these verses, Francis, the first couple at least, in chapter 4 of Second Corinthians. Therefore, having this ministry, as we have been shown mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every conscience of men before God. Mm. Oh. Those are quite tremendous words. They really to be are. able to commend ourselves before men in the eyes of God and to answer to every man's conscience. This matter of adulterating the word uh, won't be too directly a part of our program today, but at some point that's a, a worthy topic. There's been an awful lot of that over the years, hasn't there? My shamefully a lot. Well, Francis, let's join Witness Lee. He has uh, some very poignant words on this subject today, and I think this will be an enlightening program for all of us. From chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, even 7, all these chapters are description of the New Testament ministers. Firstly, they have been constituted with something marvelous, wonderful, right? They have been constituted with Christ. Now, how they conduct themselves. This is the second aspect concerning the ministers of the New Covenant revealed just in seven verses. This short portion of the word gives us a clear view of how the apostles conducted themselves and for what purpose they conducted themselves in this way. Their conduct is governed, controlled by a purpose, by a goal. That is to shine the glory of the gospel of Christ. They conducted themselves in such a way that the gospel of Christ may shine through them and from within them. This is the purpose of the living. Not just to preach the gospel, but to shine out. Oh, the gospel they preached was one of glory, full of 
the light, full of glory. And this light and this glory can never be carried out just by speaking, just by preaching. It has to be carried out by a kind of shining. And this shining must be their living. The gospel they preached is not a doctrine. It's not a philosophy. It's just God of glory embodied. So it needs illumination to reflect its light. And this reflection, I tell you, is the living of all the ministers. Francis, it strikes me, uh, and I don't mean to be critical here, this is self-critical as well as uh, towards anyone else, but if there was more of this kind of shining of the gospel, there wouldn't be the necessity for nearly so many gimmicks associated with the gospel, would there? Boy, that is really, if we saw this... uh, Chris, I believe it would make a big difference, not only in us personally, but in preachers or those who preach the gospel and teach the Bible everywhere. There is such a need for this shining out the gospel of the glory or the glory of the gospel of Christ. There needs to be that kind of shining out from ones who are bathed in this gospel, who are constituted with this gospel. So they not only speak words, but they have a person that just uh, reflects this light, just like the moon is just a reflection of the sun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have its own light, but it reflects the light of the sun. And lately, I've been noticing, I don't know if you have, here in Southern California, there are certain times in the evening that moon is so bright and so inviting. Yes. You just feel like you you can bathe in the soft sunlight. Yeah, it's coming you, off it. Yeah, the yeah. light would be too bright if it was direct from the sun, but getting it reflected from the moon, it's so enjoyable and even romantic. So I think we need to have that kind of intimate fellowship with a light that's shining out in the gospel, that we would have such a personal contact with the Lord that this would be a real uh, shining out that would be the conduct of the ministers of the gospel. Yeah, these were really striking words. Uh, talking about the ministers, he, he said, their conduct is governed and controlled by this purpose, this goal which is to shine out the glory of the gospel. That is such a marvelous purpose and goal. I think if we are in a position where we're sharing the gospel, either to a group or an individual, really, regardless of the setting, if we checked within and said, Lord, my goal right now is, you know, (laughs) an honest response would probably be to persuade this person to, you know, break them down to, you know, to have the the wisdom on what to say. But if our goal was, Lord, that you would be shining out right Right. now, this is the real... uh, impact to the gospel, isn't it? It really is, and that that's what I long for, to be in the presence of the Lord so that the shining of this gospel would be reflected in my being. And preaching the gospel, it would not be just a persuasion of words, but the real infusion of a life that's full of glory. As we carry on in this chapter, it's clear that in Paul's mind, he realized that the presence of this shining really determined the effectiveness of his preaching. It comes out in these next couple of verses, in verse 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled in those who are perishing, in whom the God of this age has blinded the thoughts of the unbelievers, 
that the illumination of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, might not shine on them. Mm. So the enemy's work is uh, all about veiling this kind of shining, isn't it? That's right. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee. What is described by the Apostle Paul in chapter 4 is just a matter of photography. We all are like cameras. You know the camera, right? The lens should not be covered. When you push the shutter, that means you open the camera. Then the light shines in. When the light shines in, the light brings in the image. And the image goes to the field with the light. Then you have a photo. I tell you many times, when you preach the gospel, you speak the word of God to people, they are just like the camera with the lens covered. No light can shine in. But hallelujah, all the Lord's mercy and the Lord's grace have removed the satanic cover from our mind. We not only with an unveiled face, but also with an uncovered mind. Actually, the unveiled face in chapter 3 is the uncovered mind in chapter 4. Our camera is certainly clear up from any kind of covering and is <laughs> open. So, the illuminating shines in. Shines in. Every bit, hallelujah, of this shining brings in a part of the figure. Whose figure? Figure of Christ. Whose image? The image of Christ. Word after word. Sentence after sentence is the illumination. And this illumination shines into your spirit through your mind. And what is the film? The film is just your spirit. And this shining enters you through your open mind to reach your spirit, to bring the very figure of Christ with the church into your being. So here, what we are doing, there's a heavenly spiritual photography. Francis, uh, I suppose you may have had this experience. I know I've had it on a trip or something or a family event, and uh, I'm in charge of the camera, and I end up snapping two or three that uh, <laughs> just come out dark because the cap is on the lens. A marvelous analogy, isn't it, or a metaphor to the receiving of the illumination and the effect of it, uh, likening it to uh, photography, the whole process of photography, and us as a kind of a camera with a, a lens and uh, film fully installed. I think I've had this kind of experience in my own response when I've heard the word preached or the gospel was preached to me by someone. It's just like I was a, a camera with a lens covered. Yeah. No way for the light to get through and to shine the image that was presented to me. But this is really the, the situation with those who are unbelievers and have their minds blinded. They're just like with a, 
a cover on the lens. There's no way for the light to get through and the image to be imprinted on their spirit. Here, the film is the spirit. And that's what we need to do, have our film available so that the Word can reach our spirit and really regenerate us, give us a new life. Another picture comes in. Christ himself gets infused, and we get to see the glory of the gospel of Christ. So uh, we are just like cameras with a lens and a shutter. But it, now we need to open the shutter and uncover the lens and let the light come in. It was very good to see the interaction here as he described it, using again this analogy of the camera. Between the mind and the spirit, the light comes through the mind, but the target, the goal, or the uh, the film, so to speak, where the image is imprinted is really our, our human spirit, isn't yes, it? Yes, right. That's the way God in, intended it, even the way he created man with the spirit, as a receiver of God's own light, that a picture could be implanted in our in us, in our spirit by the preaching of the gospel of the glory. I really like this term, the gospel of the The glory glory of Christ. We hear about the gospel of the grace of God, the the gospel of love, and the gospel of peace, and all this. But to really see the gospel of the glory, that indicates there's been some real shining. There's been a glory shining out. And as I mentioned a while ago about the moon here in Southern California, the shining out of that moon in its brightest time is so intriguing and so infusing. You just like to have that shining on you throughout the whole night. Yeah, really so. Of course, as we saw back in chapter 3, Paul says that the veil has been taken away in Christ. This is really a good item for us to pray for, isn't it, when we're about to speak the gospel to someone. Mm -hmm. And that is that the Lord would remove the veil that, that covers their mind so that this shining could really penetrate and enter into the one receiving. Oh, my, this is really needed, and we need to pray that this will be the case. There's two things here we need to see. First of all, we need to be the ones who are intimately in touch with the Lord so that we are shining. There's something coming out of us that's really shining. And the second thing is that the person we're speaking to and we're having contact with needs to be unveiled. All the coverings need to be taken off. All the concepts need to be removed. And something needs to shine through all that resistance to bring a glorious picture of the glorious Christ into their spirit. I'm glad you mentioned this about uh, being in the presence of Christ, being in the face of Christ. That's really the focus of our last section. Verse 6 in this uh, chapter 4 of Second Corinthians. Because the God who said, out of darkness light shall shine, is the one who shined in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God, and here's the phrase, Francis, in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. God had two creations. The old man was then through God's outward shining. And the new creation is then through God's inward shining. Just through God's shining in our hearts, the new creation is accomplished. And this shining is in the face of Christ. What does this phrase mean? In the face of Christ. If you want God to shine in you, this kind of shining in you is in the face of Christ. You must see him. You must face him. 
you must have a direct, personal, intimate contact with Him. And this is why you must say, Oh, Lord Jesus! And this is why Saul of Tarsus even was saved. Even that can enhance his calling, you know, brings him right away to the face of the Lord. You know the Lord's answer? I am Jesus! I tell you, this answer is intimate. This is not a long distance call. This is a face-to-face talk. Sort of Tarsus, <laughs> God designing his heart of God in the face of Christ. Whenever you call him in such a dear way, right away, you are in his face. So the shine of God is in your heart. It is by this the apostles received the inner shine. Then they shine out what they do for Christ. And what they are to the believers are the issue, the result of God's shine. God's shining produces new covenant ministers and their ministers. Francis, uh, in his ministry in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul comes to this matter of the face of Christ a number of times. And as he was describing there Paul's early experience, I went back and just took a quick look in Acts chapter 9, when Paul met the Lord. And of course, uh, it says, as he went, he drew near to Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. He had a face-to-face encounter at that moment, didn't he? That is marvelous. I tell you, if you call on the name of the Lord in that kind of way, in a way of beseeching or invoking him, yes, a face-to-face contact with him, surely you'll be a new person. You'll be saved not only from condemnation, you'll be saved from being in yourself. You'll have another kind of shining in you. That really is not an outward shining like they saw Moses when he had been with God and his face was shining. That was an outward shining, an outward glory. But this that Paul is talking about here is an inward shining in our hearts. He has shined in our hearts. If you want to have this shining in your heart, just do what the Apostle Paul did when he was Saul on the road to Damascus. Just say, Lord Jesus, who are you? And he will surely answer, I am Jesus. Oh, I hope you're not persecuting him, but to get the veil lifted, you need to call on his name. I would say not only the first time, but even throughout your whole life. Many of you who are real Christians, yet how much have you been calling on the name of the Lord? How much shining is it is shining in you and through you by calling on this name? It really makes a difference whether or not we call on the name of the Lord Jesus, that name which is above every name. Amen. Boy, amen. <laughs> Francis, a real marvelous way to conclude uh, a message that's been around the edges of the gospel uh, for the entire half hour, and here you just uh, brought us right to the bullseye. And uh, this matter of calling in terms of a way to remove the veils a lot of times in our Christian life, we just have the sense that we're kind of veiled. The Lord just doesn't seem to be as near and, and as present 
and is able to see him face to face as at other times. And this matter of calling can be a real help to break through that. Yes, candidate. right. That is very so. Well, our time has escaped. I'm sorry. I wish we had more time to dwell on this point. Join us again tomorrow for Francis Ball today. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, That's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.